أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد. So we we talked uh, uh, yesterday with regards to with regards to uh, uh, the fact that making claims uh, about your spiritual state um, as well as a number of other spiritual ailments. Um, they will they will kind of like they'll mess up the the the, the recipe for getting nisbah to Allah Taala. Um, a person uh, the summary was what that uh, all of these different defects that we mentioned from before. If a person doesn't deal with them before they try making suluk, um, these these defects only come from one of two sources, either from shaitan that shaitan has access to a person to such a level that that, he, that these defects have taken permanent residence in their heart or uh, from un- disbelief. And so a person cannot be beloved to Allah Ta'ala and be one of those two at the same time. Uh, and so we continue from where we left off. Uh, the subheading, uh, giving up egotism is the way to proximity. Uh, uh, quotes Mawlana Muhammad Yaqub Nanutawi Rahimahullah Tabarak wa Ta'ala one of the uh, senior asatiza in Darulum Deoband in the inception of the madrasa, he writes a most important point in one of his letters. He says, The essence of the path of proximity to Allah Most High is to give up your ego. A treatment for this, as described in Minhajul Abidin of, uh, of Imam Ghazali, Rahimahullah. And people, mashallah, they, f- they, they, like, they feel very like, you know, you know, real, real hippie by quoting Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala. Uh, Ghazali is in the same line as, in the same line of the, the, the Persian-speaking masters of Tasawuf, uh, basically an intermediary between the Kashf al-Mahjub, which is a very old book. If you read the Kashf al-Mahjub, you'll see in the rough a lot of the concepts that are there in the Ihya and, and other books that, that, uh, uh, that uh, Imam Ghazali writes later on. Um, but they're written in a more refined language because the Sahib al-Kashf is a, is a scholar, but he's not known for his scholarship. Whereas Ghazali is like the top carnivore in basically every science except for hadith. Um, and uh, uh, so he, he presents it in a very polished, refined way, but you can see the rough ideas are there. There are a lot of, there are a lot of things you read the books of the tradition. It's like that. Like you'll see a lot of the things Tahawi will write in his works of fiqh. Uh, uh, and, and his uh, works of hadith, you'll see them like passing comments that Imam Muhammad will write, like in something like Kitab al-Hujja ala Ahl al-Madina or, or in, uh, in his Muwatta or other comments of the elder Mashaykh, but they're written in passing and then he'll just expound upon them. But if you didn't read the people from before, you'll think that this is like his original thought process, which mm-hmm. is oftentimes not, the, not true. That's why there are many scholars from the later times, um, their works are incredibly uh, impressive. But... What it is is that there's like one word that the elders said that opened the door for like understanding for them and then they expounded on it. But if they were to have to figure out that one word, that would have been impossible. That's the difference between the founders of the madhabs and the ulama of the madhabs in later times. Some of the ulama of the madhabs in later times wrote such works that a person wonders how is it even, this is something like, you know, if you read, if you read Tahawi, if you read Hafiz ibn Abdul Bar, if you read, uh, uh, you know, these types of uh, later, like Imam Nawawi and things like that, you say, what does this, 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 this person is more Shafi'i than Imam Shafi'i is himself. 
but what is it? There's a tawjih, like putting someone in the right direction, and then they, then, then they just kind of, uh, uh, you know, once they were put in the right direction from the elders, uh, they just kind of let it rip and then uh, 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 let their intelligence uh, take its course. So at any rate, so Mawlana Yaqub Nanotawi rahimahullah ta'ala, who's like a same gap in this, uh, in this, in this tradition, Sorry, same uh, link in this chain, uh, this tradition. Uh, he quotes someone who's also a link in that chain, Imam Ghazali, that he said in, that he described a, a way of giving up all of these sicknesses in the Minhaj al Abidin. The later, uh, uh, the leader, the later masters of this path uh, prescribe abundant dhikr. One. Eating less, two, sleeping less, three, speaking less, four, and mingling with people less. Five things. Uh, and if you can do this, it's kind of like, it's like a sledgehammer uh, way of like solving all these problems. Instead of dealing with them, okay, this week I'm going to take care of pride, and this week I'm going to take care of jealousy, and this week. That's very difficult to do it that way. So uh, how many of you have taken like calculus before? Like the whole year? Yeah. Right. So like, you know, you take calculus, you take differential equations, you know, there's like different ways of solving problems. So you can use the Taylor series and solve any problem you want. It's like a sledgehammer. It's completely inelegant uh, way of solving any problem. You're not going to get the exact uh, answer that you want, but you'll get something approximate enough. If you go through enough iterations, that'll get the job done. It relieves you from having to think about stuff if you just need a number, right? So this is kind of like that process. This kind of that process in Tasawwuf is that a person does these things that by by making abundant dhikr, you uh, uh, will uh, empower the good part of your heart and make it strong and healthy. And by eating less, by uh, sleeping less, by speaking less, and by mingling with people less, you basically will strangle the 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 capacity you have for bad. Um, You'll, you'll strangle, you just won't have the, you just won't have the himma to do it, you know what I mean? Like, how are you going to commit zina if you haven't eaten for days? How are you going to, you know what I mean? Like, you're just, your thought process goes somewhere else. The animal part of you kind of weakens and it lets the, lets the, the, the angelic part of you assert control. Uh, uh, and th through this, uh, he says, uh, uh, that everything is uh, cleansed at once. Uh, love, uh, an easy way of giving up egotism. Uh, this is the next subheading and it is uh, something that um, it's a secret that people, once they discover it, it opens the, like the floodgates of Iman in a person's heart. And uh, this is something that was talked about by the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And there are a number of hadith in which he uh, mentions uh, love in terms of how a person should uh, uh, perfect their Iman and other things with regards to a person's deen. Um, but it's something that we don't really talk about a whole lot. Uh, in, in whatever uh, contemporary American Islam. Maybe it's very touchy-feely. Uh, maybe it's very emotional and irrational. Uh, and uh, uh, the fact of the matter is, my Shaykh, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentioned that. He said that the person who is um, stringent on their nafs and punctual in their ibadat and their awrad, uh, that person attains high maqam. And the person who facilitates that for others like the people who serve the masajid, the madars, etc., then they're like a, like a thief that they gather the reward of everyone together and then they make off with all of it. So they, they make even more reward than the, just the person who's good with their own uh, tarbiyah. And he says that the, the people of love, they like fly in the air, leave everybody behind. That there's, there's something that surpasses rationality in that path that, uh, 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 that a person, like, it opens, uh, it opens access 
to the heart for types of fuyulens, types of types of uh, uh, the outpouring of divine grace that are not there otherwise. Uh, and that's that's one of the reasons this whole like fic of convenience mentality in Islam is not it's not really it's not really going to go anywhere useful. It's actually very inconvenient as well because it blocks a person from from this path. Because if you're like, well, do I have to? Do I have to? That's not you're not going to learn the path of love by do I have doing stuff. You're going to learn the path of love by what? Like we read the Surah Al-Anbiya today. Right, that Sayyidina Ibrahim Islam, you know, just pick up the axe and smash the idols and then we'll worry about what happens later. You know, that's that's what happens when a person takes the path of, of love. And love doesn't mean being hippie and giving out flowers to people. It may. But it means what? It means that when your heart is set on something, then it becomes blind to everything else. And it, it no longer worries about uh, today and tomorrow and yesterday. They all become equal. Uh, it's just set on one thing and you can't, you can't take it away from that. Just, I think that Mulana Qamar Zaman says, I think that love is the easiest and quickest route to giving up the ego. Through striving and rectifying small ailments of the self, the self can be overpowered to a certain extent. However, the nafs doesn't die as long as it doesn't pass through the phase of love. Mulana Rumi rahimahullah ta'ala says in this regard that the one whose garment is pierced by love is totally purified of greed and other defects. Thus we see that love is the way to remove greed and other evil qualities. There is still the contention uh, 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 whether evil uh, in the self uh, will come to an end or whether it's overpowered and made subservient to, due to which uh, it cannot act on its demands. Right. So does, does a person get to the point where they actually destroy all the evil inside of themselves and they just become a good person? Or is it just that they weaken it until they overpower, uh, overpower their evil? Uh, he says, nonetheless, the capabilities of evil may remain inside a person because they're intrinsic elements, and we know that intrinsic elements can't be separated from the source. As long as you have a human body, you're going to want to eat food, you're going to get upset when you're hungry and thirsty, you're going to want other things that, you know, uh, are not polite to talk about uh, in, in the khanqah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's not that you, that it's not that you transcend those things, but at the very minimal, you'll, you'll keep them under control. At this point, I recall a very beautiful example given by Mulana Muhammad Qasim Nanotui, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, the Bani of Darul Deoband. Deoband is one of its alqab is Darul Qasim, after which other, uh, other institutions locally have been named, uh, whether people know it or not. Uh, uh, Allah ta'ala, Allah Most High blessed him with knowledge and sciences uh, of this nature. He says the quality of coolness is an intrinsic quality in water and can never be separated from it. This is kind of like an old school, like the four elements system. It's a very like ancient way of looking at things. This is, but the quality of coolness is there in water uh, 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 and it can never be separated from it. Uh, so much so that if we were to boil water to the point that if it's poured on your body, it will burn you. Still the same boiling water, if you put it on fire, it'll still extinguish it. Uh, um, the reason for this is that the heat which, with which we, the heat which we see in the in the water is temporary. Uh, it, it is acting like fire on our bodies, but the intrinsic quality of coolness is still found in it. This is why it extinguishes the fire. The same can be said about the self, the nafs. It develops such capabilities through the heat of love uh, uh, that it does not act against the pleasure of Allah Taala. Whether the power of opposition uh, 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 to Allah's command. It remains in the self or no longer remains in it, this is not necessary or even detrimental. Because even if the water is still cool after heating it, 
that that coolness in the water doesn't bother us as long as it cooks uh, cooks the food. Our work is done. Our work is done. Why then should we bother about whether the coolness is found in its essence or not? The the idea is what whether or not the 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 the, the nafs is purged from uh, from from evil uh, uh, evil qualities or whether the evil qualities are subdued enough that a person can can move on. It doesn't matter one way or the other. Um, folkloric Sufism will oftentimes focus on people who it seems that they've actually purged themselves from evil qualities inside inside of them, and Allah knows best. And even if such people do exist, th- those types of stations a person only uh, uh, gets by, uh, you know, not worrying about four-year degrees and, like, smartphones and driving a car and that type of stuff. You know what I mean? That's a different type of mindset that, that uh, uh, you know, a person should be honest with themselves. If you're not trying to, if you're not trying to do that, you know, uh, if you're not, if you're, if you're, if you're out of breath when you make it around the, the corner, you're not going to make it to the NBA. Uh, so just don't worry about it. It's okay. You can watch the games on TV and like, you know, still have a favorite player or whatever. You're not, you're not going to make it. Uh, uh, so let's leave those to the side. And oftentimes shaitan will use the, the experiences of such people as a way of putting uh, a person who's not really going down that path into ghurur and preventing them from benefiting because what happens, someone will go to Taraweeh one night or they'll go to Salat al-Eid or it'll be the 27th night or the Khatam night or whatever and they'll feel like all this, uh, you know, faith and nur coming to their heart which is happening and Shaitan will be like, oh look, you know, now you're made, you know and then he'll put you into a trap and you'll completely destroy everything for yourself and I know this, like, people will tell you if you live long enough and you meet enough people people tell all sorts of things they'll say like, you know, I, the, the person who is like uh, an alcoholic who gave up drinking, you know, the one night that they have the most profound spiritual experience, the same night they'll be drunk. Why? Because they're off balance, because they make the mistake of thinking that that uh, these qualities are gone from them, but they're not really. It doesn't matter. Don't be like, oh, look, oh, I'm still like a, a, a dirt bag and I should go to hell. That may all be true, in fact. Don't worry about that, though. Uh, and don't let it distract you. Uh, uh, that if you are, are cognizant of your of the the the, the uncle, un, unclean part of your nafs, don't let that make you think that you're still not. Uh, that will pr- prevent you from traveling down the path. And uh, conversely, uh, just because you're feeling good right now, don't let that let you forget that you still have that inside of you, uh, lest it uh, it hijack you. Like the nafs becomes like a string that you push uh, a spring. You push it down so much. Then it'll, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll knock you again, uh, uh, and the spring will only lose its like it will only lose that ability to hit you as if you like keep it pressed for like decades. Um, then then it will get crushed, but it doesn't happen quickly. And if the idea crosses your mind that it's crushed, this sign it's not crushed. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, he quotes his sheikh. Then Mawlana Muslih al-Ummah rahimahullah says. Uh, uh, whether love results in the complete termination of the self or the termination of its demands, either of the two are sufficient for the realization of our objective. I was saying to you that love is an easy and quick path to putting an end to the egotism of the nafs. This is what the seniors, uh, uh, our seniors in Dean, have been constantly telling us. This, uh, uh, the reason for this is that when love becomes perfect, it leaves no place in the heart for anything beside the beloved. With the capital B, this is what is gauged from the statements of the masters of this path. I've rarely come across an explanation for this theme as good as I have from Moana Yaqub, 
uh, who was quoted from before, Rahimahullah, who says that the essence of love is for the lover to obliterate himself before the beloved and lose all his desires. If not, the love is defective and the beloved will become part of the desires rather than the objective of the love. He says the essence of love is for the lover to obliterate himself before the beloved and lose all of his desires. If not, then the love is defective and the beloved will become part of the desires. It becomes, you, you think you love Allah or you think you love something else, someone else, and your love is just, a, a, it's a desire of your own nafs. Uh, uh, so really it's the nafs that's being, that's being uh, served. Uh, whereas if you destroy yourself before the, the, the beloved, uh, you lose all of your own desire and then you become a vessel. Like, a, you know, like if like a glass of water is empty, then it can be filled with something else. While, while it still has something in it, you can't, you can't get filled with, uh, you can't get filled with that love. So he says, subhanAllah, what a beautiful and excellent way of explaining love, that the lover becomes obliterated before the beloved. This can also be referred to as the abandoning of the ego. The ego is an obstacle which, if removed, a person will become successful. So uh, before, inshallah, because it's a weeknight, inshallah, I'm not going to go and read the next section, but we'll just end with a couple of things here. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, just to kind of combine the, the Kashal Mahjub style majlis with, uh, with this one, which is a little bit more theoretical, and a little bit more hard on the nafs. I think people maybe actually don't want to listen to this stuff so much because it doesn't make you feel good about yourself, whereas hearing stories is very entertaining. And uh, since it's Ramadan, you know, you know, a lot of people have a good sense that we're not going to go watch like whatever Avengers Endgame. So this is like kind of like a, a like mm-hmm. a Muslim Muslimic you know substitute for that. Mawlana Qasim Nanotwi rahimahullah ta'ala who was mentioned, um, he was his uh, I guess his Sufic bi- biography if we if we if we can, he was a, a person who um, was. Uh, a student of knowledge, he came from a family in which there were uh, ulama, but he was a person who uh, um, basically toiled in obscurity uh, in, in terms of his studies until uh, one day, uh, you know, just people realized, wow, this guy's like smarter than most other people. And uh, he was a darish uh, in the full meaning of the word, uh, meaning that he lived his life uh, with such uh, with such uh, 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 simplicity that they say he only owned one pair of clothes uh, because he heard that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, owned it. This comes in the hadith that one time Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he was late for Salatul Fajr and they saw that he actually, like his, his, his shirt was, his qamis was wet, meaning what, that he, he had to, what made him late was he had to clean it, wring it out, dry it, and, and, and then he came and led the Salat. So the Shaykh was like that as well, that he had a, 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 a cloak that he would just wrap as an izar while washing his one pair of clothes. And uh, that's kind of like how he used to go around. But it didn't, uh, he wasn't a person who was cut off from people. He would go mix with people, he would debate with people, he would teach, he would appear in, in different forms. And uh, um, he was a person who was intellectually very, uh, he was a person who was intellectually very confident. And this is the, 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 the what you call the uh, uh, the method of the Sahaba radiAllahu anhum that they were they're confident people they would take their deen to people they would share it with them and they would not like be afraid of them 
and so his debates are 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 well known, and his works are uh, uh, his you know intellectual and academic works are works of genius. Um, and he also was a person who talked the talk. These are, these are, these are people who carried the, the, the gham of the ummah inside of their heart. And so he was also a, a participant in the, uh, uh, what the 1857, what the British referred to as the Indian mutiny. Mutiny is when you rebel against the captain of your own ship. Uh, uh, it was a, a war for independence. And uh, he was a participant in it as well. And uh, uh, they actually, they got defeated in battle, the Battle of Shamli. Uh, they were defeated in battle and uh, they, they were actually wanted men for quite some time. They're enemies of the empire. And uh, uh, once went on the run from the British, um, he was basically took refuge in a masjid and they found out he was there and uh, uh, they surrounded the masjid uh, and he thought, now if they start shooting, it's going to be desecration of the masjid and my blood will spill on it and whatnot. So it's, you know, why, why, why put everyone through that? Um, so this reminds me of a story also of Al-Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, because mashallah, Iraqi friend is here, so we may as well talk about the Iraqi mashaykh as well. Mm-hmm. So Al-Hassan al-Basri, and uh, uh, who, he was uh, in the silsila of the Qadiriyah, his Khalifa Habib al-A'jami, who was uh, a man of such sidq. Uh, um, that it said one time the uh, the uh, soldiers of Banu Umayyah broke into his hujra one time and said, where is Hassan, where is Hassan Basri? And Hassan Basri was there. So Habib Ajami says, he says he's right there. And they couldn't see him. It was one of his karamat. They couldn't see him. And he's like, what do you mean? He's, he, and he said, he's right there. And they couldn't see him. And so the soldiers got upset and they started to abuse him and they, they struck him and said that we should kill you for, for, for joking with us. And if you see him, you better tell us where he is or you'll be in trouble. And they left. And uh, so Al-Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, why, why, did you, why did you give me up to them? Uh, he, go, he goes, he goes I, 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 it occurred to me that the Sharia allowed, would have allowed me to lie in that situation because, uh, because uh, you know, that they were going to harm you in dhulm, but I couldn't bring myself to lie. And uh, so Allah Ta'ala covered him. So the Shaykh, he was in the masjid, and uh, so he just, he just calmly got up and walked out. And so the soldiers, they asked him, uh, they said, uh, where is Qasim Nanotwi? And he pointed inside the masjid. He said he was just inside here not too long ago, and he just walked away. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, these are not people, these are not, you know, these are not sellout dollar for scholar, you know, people who talk real fancy when there's funding and then when there's not, you know, you see them, uh, whatever, crying about this and that. They were people, they had the, the pain of the ummah inside of their heart and they, uh, they, they wanted to see it succeed. And they did things that we benefit from still to this day. And, uh, uh, you know, they're not just the people in the super past history books, but rather they're people who uh, survived in, in times that are more difficult and more stringent than the ones that we're in right now. Um, they saw the, the days that, you know, the ulama were hung from the gates of the city uh, just, because, uh, just because of their spending their life, uh, you know, uh, studying and teaching the Quran. Uh, so these are the people when they say these types of things, there's some insight. They know they've been through the process before as well. Allah Ta'ala, uh, Allah Ta'ala uh, give us their love. And uh, uh, make it a, 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 a vehicle for us to uh, uh, be accelerated along our path toward Him. Wa sallallahu wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.